one of the tight beam and a very, very special one too. But we'll get to all that. Uh, first, I am joined as always by my co-hosts, Fred and Andrea. Hello, Fred and Andrea. Andrea, how are you? I'm doing great. Just waiting for another day of school tomorrow. Oh, Lord. Yeah, them, them kids. Mm-hmm. They're always there every Monday. Terrible. Not the kids, the school. Fred, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's another beautiful weekend. I know I would never call kids terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, the school isn't terrible either. Yeah. Work. No, school itself, the concept of school. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like school is a construct. Like time. Not good. Um, so yeah. Well, it's it's great when it's behind you. That's true. Never having to go back to school is always a wonderful thing. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, as as I've mentioned before, we have fixed our Apple Podcast search, and we've gotten more reviews, which is very exciting. Um, so we're sitting at pretty at a five point with our twenty one reviews, and I just or twenty one ratings and however many reviews. I didn't count our reviews. I was too tired. Um, and I wanted to give a quick thank you to Rose Martha and Black Girl Couch Podcast for our most recent review. So thank you guys so much. Um, so we we didn't we said we weren't going to be recording any new discussion episodes, which is true. We're still not going to be doing that for a couple more weeks yet. But we do have some very cool plans coming up for our like season five wrap up episodes, which uh we may may not record like a teaser for you guys for explaining so just hang tight for more information on our post season five plans but let's get to the the cool fun reason we're all here today when we told you guys we wouldn't be here today and that is that fred got to interview james sa Corey. and before we play that interview for you fred i would love to know how it went how you felt if Ty like murdered you verbally at all, because that would be really cool to hear about. No, a- absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Um, at first, they told us it was going to be Ty and Daniel, and then they said Ty was not going to make it, and then I was a little saddened, and then all of a sudden, when we do the interview, both Ty and Daniel are there, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really kind. This is my first time interviewing them. Um, so my stomach was well up into my throat. So that was great. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come through too badly on the, on the recording, but yeah, I had an absolute riot with them. Um, we had some back and forth before the recording, um, which I wish was recorded, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. We were very excited to hear that you got to do it. Sadly, Andrew and I, uh, had to like we don't get to work from home so we could not be there but we were very excited that you got to do it so congratulations fred thank you thank you like you won an award or something which you you deserve an award for for a great a job well done hey if you go back and you look at the screenshots uh, that i posted they were smiling so there's that yes well daniel was smiling ty was just two letters on a screen (laughs) <laughs> it was funny because Ty's like, oh, is this a video podcast? Do I have to turn on my camera? <laughs> I mean, not yet. So I, I also appreciate that T-Y is short for thank you. So it's like a little thank you as well as a tie. <laughs> it all works out in the end, Fred. So without further ado, 
Here is Fred's interview with Ty and Daniel of James S.A. Corey. Uh, first off, my name is Fred. Thank you so much for taking your time to, to meet with us and for this interview. Um, we truly, truly appreciate it. And I'll try not to ask what um, everyone else has asked probably a million times. So I'll try and go way out to left field uh, just to be mindful of that. Um, so first off, what is one of the things that makes you happiest to see for your story to come to life on screen? You want this to actually I take it? No, go ahead, man. The thing that I've been um, really gratifying for me is actually seeing the expertise of a bunch of other people coming into it. I mean, I came into this kind of knowing how to write books, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Um, but the the set designers and the the costume folks and the actors, everybody who's coming into this has had so much experience and so much talent and so much passion for the project that getting to see what we did translated through their uh, skill sets. It's always right. a revelation. It's always amazing. Yeah, it's just been done so incredibly well. And I'm really ho I'm glad to see that, Ty, that you were able to join. I understood it was just going to be Daniel. So this question will come out a lot better. Um, so the question is, which one of you is the better writer? <laughs> from your strengths and weaknesses, how does working as a pair complement one another uh, versus writing solely? I, I, there's there's no question. Daniel is uh, definitely the more experienced writer. Um, good, good, good save there. I like that. Name? That was good. The experienced, not better, just more experienced. That was good. Uh, well, I mean, um, there's no question that you are. Uh, <laughs> I, and I would say that when it comes to things like structure in novels and um, uh, that sort of thing, Daniel's experience definitely shows up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I rely on it a great deal when I'm working with him on novels. Him to tell me <laughs> the kind of things we should be, you know, mindful of, and and uh, how to how to the process of developing the structure of a novel is not one that is instinctive for me, uh, in a way that I think it is much more instinctive for him. Um, okay, that makes sense. I, I would I would say that I probably at this point because we've been doing it an equal amount of time and I've spent more time actually in the room, um, I'm probably a little more comfortable with the structure of, of screenplays. That's just true. No, yeah. he's just, Ty's just better at the screenplays than I am. Ty's also a natural storyteller just coming out the gate and has uh, a flair for understanding how to do action scenes Okay, that that I I have struggled with. So, I, I mean, I, I, got, I got my skill set, but uh, he's coming in with a lot too. Oh, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Daniel more pumps because I don't want it to be just like, oh, he's more experienced. That's the only thing that's better. Uh, the other thing too, though, is is uh, we do have complementary skill sets. You were asking about that because I, I do not think in terms of scene setting and uh, narration. So things like what does the room look like? What does everybody in the room look like? Uh, where are they in relation to each other? And, and how does that affect the emotional uh, state of the characters and and describing things through the lens of somebody's emotional state. Daniel just does those things instinctively. He doesn't even think about it. It just happens. Um, I know that they're important. And every time I don't do them, Daniel has to tell me to do them. So I have to sort of intellectually think through, all oh, right, I should probably put some sensory detail in here. I should probably describe what things look like. 
Um, so that's still a very intellectual process for me. It's not nearly as instinctive as it is for him. And consequently, his version of that stuff is always better than my version. But we also edit each other's stuff all the way through. So anything, right. you know, the James S.A. Corey's voice is actually different than either of ours because of the process. And I think that really shows through in the books because I have read them all and it does feel very good and very consistent throughout the entire novel. Um, so next question then, what is one thing that you as the authors want, really want the fans to take away from The Expanse? Like what- Factionalism bad? <laughs> <laughs> that that they should buy anything with James S. Corey on the cover? <laughs> Um, here's a good one Leviathan Wakes was released in 2011 um, and I'm sure you guys started on that long before then what has it been like living the expanse for the better part of 10 years seeing its success its move to television and through the entire Save the Expanse campaign uh, to season 4 and beyond weird <laughs> I mean, I it's, I mean... go ahead it's, it's been like I don't know, living with a project for 10 years. Uh, I, I mean, I would say I would say that our projects are very public. And so people get this idea that it must be a different experience. But I would be willing to believe there are things that you have done in your life that, that took a long time that you questioned whether you would succeed or not. And then you did eventually succeed. And there's a both a sense of of uh, of pride in it. But there's also this sense of, of your own luckiness. And like, oh, my God, I can't believe I actually pulled it off, right? Um, yeah, I just watched my wife spend 10 years getting a PhD. And I, I would guess that her struggles to get that done, uh, the luck that it required, the hard work that it required, the pride she should take in it are exactly equal to anything Daniel and I have done over the last 10 years. It's just that our success is very, very, very public right now. Right. Um, so I, I, I would guess that everybody listening to you probably has something in their life that, that is similar to that. Yeah, definitely education and post-secondary is something that speaks to me for sure. Um, I did it all part-time while working, so it took me the better part of 10 years. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you get it. I get it. <laughs> and I'm so surprised what I got to the end and how rewarding that was. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would say that, you, that when you felt that, you're feeling what Daniel and I feel for the expanse. Yeah. Uh, what was one of the most challenging science aspects of the series to convey on the big screen? Uh, thrust gravity or time delay communications or time to just travel between locations? I think the hardest thing for people to understand is the nature of vacuum. Right. Um, the, the, the thing that we get the most angry corrections on that are themselves incorrect is the idea that um, vacuum it freezes you immediately or that it, it, makes your blood vessels explode or you're you immediately boil to death or any of this uh stuff that we've just been miseducated by um science fiction for the last 20 30 40 forever years um with the exception of stanley kubrick who got it right, right. um th that's that's the one that i think most people have internalized falsehoods and speaking to the science aspects of it, is that something you research yourselves or do you consult with others or how does that process work? You know, uh, with Daniel and I, it's almost always something that one of the two of us just sort of knows. Right. 
Um, and when it isn't, we'll look it up. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too proud to go on a Wikipedia article and, and flutter, you know, brush up on something. Um, and in the writing room for the show, um, it's the two of us, but also we've got, uh, you know, Dan Nowak in there and, uh, who's one of our writers. We've got Noreen Shankar, our showrunner, who's, who's got a PhD in, uh, I believe in applied. No, he's a, he's a, he's an E, he's an uh, electrical engineer, electrical. PhD, yeah. uh, but has done a lot of work in applied physics. So it's not, you know, ignorant on, on the right. physics of things. So, I mean, we have a lot of people contributing who have expertise in something. And uh, just yeah, there, follow on that. If there's like one particular question that we're, we're chewing over and we can't get uh, an answer on, can't get our head around it, we will uh, sometimes pull in friends of the show who are more knowledgeable than we are and run past them. But I don't think that's happened more than two or three times. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, we, we had uh, a writer named um, uh, Ian Tregillis did some math work for us once uh, yep. because he's, he's a physicist who works at Los Alamos labs. Um, and we, we had an energy question and, and he could do the math on that. Um, I, I, a web comic artist, uh, Named uh, Zach Wienersmith, who does Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal, did a math problem for us once yep. uh, that I could not get my head around. Um, and he's he's very good with math. Yeah, and uh, I talked I talked for about a week to three or four different folks about exactly the uh, experience of being inside the Chetsamoka when it was in its spin and put exactly. Yeah. I, I just I was hard to get my head around that that one was not that was not an intuitive question and, and the answer i thought was just obviously correct was not correct so uh that one was that one was tricky that one was and hard. i've also you know i i'm uh daniel and i've become friends with with a bunch of interesting people like phil plate you know who goes the by the bad astronomer um i asked him a question on how neutron stars turn into black holes and what that would look like that uh affected the the most recent book of the series um, uh, Katie Mack, who's an astrophysicist, I've talked to her about a lot of a lot of stuff on astrophysics. So, you know, we, we've got some buddies we can reach out to when, when we run into trouble. That's awesome. Um, if you had to choose, which faction would you associate with in universe? Would it be Belter, Earther, Martian, Laconian, even Protomolculean, <laughs> or something else? I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm Team Rossinati for a reason. Uh, yeah. I I I. Uh, believe in uh, diversity as a, a civilizing effect. I don't. I don't. I don't trust pure factions. I, I definitely uh, on the, in the Amos camp there, where um, uh, I have a tribe. I get to select who's in that tribe, and that tribe has nothing to do with national or racial or ethnic borders. I love that answer. I think Amos is one of my favorite characters from this series. Completely agree. What is something that you know now that you're at the end of the expanse that you would want to tell yourself before you started writing it? Oh, I probably wouldn't want to, man. I, it would, <laughs> if I'd known going in what we were looking at, it would only have made things weird. <laughs> For season five, what was... If any, what adaptation from the book um, or adaptation compromises that were the hardest to make um, to get it to the TV screen? For five in particular? Or for, for the entire series, but maybe specifically for five? Yeah, I, I, 
I'm sorry that it wasn't uh, producible to make the whole uh, Martian prime minister line from the book something that we could do in the show. It, it wouldn't have fit. It we would have been too expensive. It was the right thing to lose. But if we had had uh, a gazillion more dollars and time. Of course. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite character arc and what makes it special to you? Mm. I think, uh, I mean, I think the trickiest one is, is Holden's, uh, because it's so long. Yeah. And, right. uh, I, I, on the show, I, th I, so in the books, I think, I think getting Holden to, to be what he needs to be by the end of the series has been has been challenging and fun on the show. I think, I think maybe the best arc of, of all on the show is of Oscar Rollins. You know, we're, we're hanging her on hooks or hanging, hanging people on hooks in episode one. And by the end of uh, season five, she's talking about the way you win is by getting earthers, Martians and Belters to all come together and think of themselves as one, as one team. Uh, that is not, that's not something she would have said in episode one. I don't think. <laughs> Awesome. And I just have one last question for you guys. Uh, what is something that you could hint at for season six? Well, what's the most exciting thing for you to, to, to show us without spoiling anything, of course. I'll, I'll uh, take a swing with that. I think the thing that's going to be the most fun for me in season six is uh, drummer's arc. The story we're telling with her, because of course, she wasn't this character at all right. in the book. So this is something that's uh, genuinely new, and I think will be something for for folks who've known the books and folks who haven't. Oh, that, that is fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Uh, we all truly appreciate all of your hard work. It has been an absolutely fantastic ride, and I'm looking forward to season six more than ever. I I'm, thank you for for coming and playing, man. Yeah, thanks. That was absolutely great. Awesome. Well, thanks. I hope everyone enjoyed that interview as much as I did having it. So let's uh, let's get out of here and get to our next episode. Andrea, let's get us out of here. All right. Well, if you liked our interview with James Nessie Corey and you want to have um, more pleasure in your ears, you can find us um, online and let us know. Um, email us at thetypebeam at randomchatter.com. You can also follow us, follow us on Twitter at thetypebeam. You can follow me on Twitter at catsbears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. -E Shannon, where can they find you? You can find me almost anywhere at shankbz. And Fred? You can find me on Twitter at freddywonkenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N-Kenobi. And you can also find um, our show and many different shows at randomchatter.com. It's not just about the expanse. We cover things such as DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. You could also help us out by spreading the word. Uh, you know, leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. Just dropping a rating on your podcast platform of choice to up our visibility on those platforms. You could also share us on social media. We're always tweeting new episodes, retweeting stuff from the cast and crew of The Expanse and other <clears> fun <throat> things. We also just crossed 800 followers a couple hours ago. So that's really cool. So 
um, help us out by sharing anything we share on social media and getting our like show to more people and then of course word of mouth nothing is stronger than the power of the word of mouth so tell your friends about us tell them what you like about us don't tell them what you don't like about us just leave it as a surprise a fun little surprise like a Cadbury egg um and they can find out for themselves but tell anyone who you know might like podcasts in the expanse what you think of our show maybe they'll get into it too and it'll help us get more listeners to join the party and if you like interacting with us and you want to interact with us more, you can head on over to randomchatter.com slash discord and you can join our discord server. There's um, lots of free uh, channels. There's the main lobby and there's one for each, uh, each show, including the typing. Um, and if you head over to randomchatter.com slash Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, become a member of the Random Chatter Network and that opens up the rest of the discord server as well as uh, some other benefits for you. Uh, if supporting us through Patreon and Discord isn't really your thing, but you still want to help us out, you can go to randomchatter.com slash store, and that'll redirect you to our Public store, and there's lots of great merchandise to pick up there. Uh, the music that you hear in this episode is Ursa Minor by Cell Dweller, and as silly as this sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by the respective owners. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>